Welcome to the B2B Marketing and Copywriting Podcast. I am your host, Linda Malone, certified conversion copywriter and founder of The Copyworks. In this podcast, I interview marketing and copywriting experts on all facets of, well, marketing and copy, with an emphasis on the link between the two, with a focus on creating higher conversions in your B2B business. I also include recordings from the other side of the table where I'm interviewed by the host of other podcasts and short clips of tips from yours truly on copywriting. In short, you'll find something for everyone in the marketing and copywriting B2B world. Let's dig in. Today's podcast is a little bit different. I'm taking a little break from the typical marketing and copywriting topics and talking about something that affects everyone, whether you're in business, working for yourself or working for someone else. And that is the stress of work and burnout and overwhelm. So my guest today is Valencia Bennett. In leading business operations in multiple industries for the past decade, Valencia has devoted to inspiring and motivating others to achieve their business goals while encouraging a balanced personal life above all. And she knows of what she speaks because she once struggled with growing a business and had to learn how to do so without compromising personal happiness and freedom. So in today's episode, Valencia talks about overwhelm and burnout, the difference between the two, and how to deal with it so that you can keep going without sacrificing your sanity. Let's jump right in. Okay, Valencia, welcome to my podcast. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Yes, thank you for having me. Yeah, this is a topic that's, it's sort of like the elephant in the room to me when I when it comes to like, you look through LinkedIn, which is where we're both on quite a bit. And it seems like everyone's trying to do all the things. And there's a lot of pressure to do everything. If you could start with, how do you define overwhelm? And is that something, you know, that you see as a big problem? Like, can you talk about this a little bit? Yeah. So the biggest trend and challenges I notice with people that are overwhelmed is that, like you say, they're trying to do all the things. They are constantly trying to keep up with the competition. They have a lack of direction, a lack of focus. They're constantly trying to see what the next thing is, and they just don't have organization. They're just trying to do way too much. Mm -hmm. And that always puts them in a space of overwhelm. And overwhelm is stress. It leads to burnout. And a lot of people have struggled with that personally in their businesses, but also even for people who've been in their careers, overwhelm takes over. And it's about them just, like I say, always just trying to do too much. Mm -hmm. um, and for me, it's about learning to embrace simplicity. And when you learn to embrace simplicity and really go about things, in a way that feels good and aligns with you, it, that's when that overwhelm can kind of start, start slowing down and go away and you are able to live a, the life that you really want and you're not trying to keep up with everyone. Now, when we talk about overwhelm, because a lot of people try to push through that. I mean, what are signs that you're overwhelmed and what are signs that you're sort of ignoring it and it's there, but you're just pretending it's not <laughs> like you're in denial ahead so a big thing is like you have this insane to-do list and you feel like you you're not getting anything done you feel constantly stressed it's very draining of your energy like you realize you really just don't have much energy um, when you are overwhelmed when you don't you're not getting enough sleep things around you just feel like it's a ton of pressure 
like when you just constantly feel like you're under pressure, you're not really getting the results that you're looking for. All of that is kind of those signs that you are overwhelmed. And it's time to kind of step step back, self-reflect and figure out what's going on. Because it, it runs deep. And sometimes because we want to be high achievers and like people say, you want to hustle hard. All of those things contribute to people feeling like they're just not able to progress forward. And they're just stuck. And that's a big one too. It's like when you just feel stuck. That can lead to a lot of overwhelm. And is there a difference between overwhelm and feeling burned out? Yeah. Like overwhelm is like that stage right before you get to burnout. Okay. Because overwhelm is like all of the things that's going on. But then burnout is when you get to that point, like I described my experience with burnout and I just felt like I were lifeless in my own body. Like you just kind of just start existing and you're not really living because you're so burnt out. You become a robot. You become oblivious to the things that are going on around you. And you're just kind of going with the flow when in essence you are mentally checked out and you're in a really dark space. And so overwhelm can get you to burnout. And so if people are in a state of overwhelm, it's time to start making some changes so you don't get to burnout. Now, burnout is when, what is that? Is that when you're just totally fed up with what you're doing and you just, there's no joy in it? And how do you know? Yeah. yeah. So burnout is like you say, you lose your joy. You no longer have a passion for what you're doing. You're just doing it sometimes just to make a paycheck. You don't have any value or purpose behind what you're doing anymore. And like I say, it's truly like you're existing, but you're no longer living. Like you're just doing it to get by. A lot of people are struggling with that. And you're working extremely long hours and everything around you just gets very hazy. Mm-hmm. You don't, like I say, it almost, it's like you ever had the moment when you're driving and then you look up and you're like, how in the world did I get here? <laughs> you're like, how did I get here? And you, you don't think about how many stop signs you passed up, how many red lights. To me, that's a great example of what burnout is. It's like you just, you just constantly get to your destination and you're just, your mind is not even aware of the process anymore. You're not engaged at you're all. You're not engaged at all. I know it's actually a driving example that you gave. I have heard that it, it actually is like your brain protects you when it's something that you're doing all the time. And that it's very common to go somewhere that you go to every day and not remember how you got there because your brain is like, okay, we know where we're going. But when it comes to work, I mean, if you're not engaging with what you're doing, you've just gone through the motions. That sounds like a pretty awful place to be. Like, it's, you know, there's no joy, like you said. No. And because you've been doing it for a while, sometimes it gets to a point where it's no longer challenging. Just like you say, when you're driving, you've been to the same location so many times, you're no longer, like, you don't need to think about where you're going in the sense. Um, and that's the same thing with people who've been in their careers is that they've been doing it for so long, they are no longer challenged by it. And they're just going with the motion. They're just going. Is there like a time frame where people tend to reach that point or does it vary individually? It definitely varies individually. It depends on the person. It depends on their career path. Um, and some people, they may change a career path and that's when they experience burnout or it's the point where they leave their career path because they were burned out. So it varies. Because I'm one of those serial entrepreneurs. I think we talked about this before. Yeah. 
And so I, would I, I have a rule that when it stops being fun, I stop doing it. And so I've been like a pastry chef and a personal trainer. And tell me if this is unusual or not. When I am at the end of my rope, like with personal training, I did it for about 15 years. And I just, I just couldn't, I reached a point where I just could not do it anymore. In the meantime, I had started a writing career on the side. So I had something that was bringing me joy. And I just, I just refunded people the money for those sessions. And I remember my husband said, can't you just like finish working with these people that you have already paid? I said, you know, I absolutely just can't. I'm just so done. Is that like a weird thing? Or do people get to that point where they just can't? You know? No, a lot of people get to that point. Some people are better about working through it. And I mean, but even working through it is still not addressing the issue. Like they just keep doing it. And I think we've seen that a lot through the history of our parents and things like that. They'll constantly get up, go to work. And then you would see them come in their dream. You would hear them complaining about their jobs and they just, but they know they have to do it. But there's some people who are blessed like you who got to the point where you're like, you had something else going on that filled your tank more than what you were doing. And you're like, I can't, I can't do this anymore because you felt that it was draining your energy. It was draining your joy and passion. And you're like, I don't, I don't want to do this. So it's not weird. It's a great thing that you identified it and you were able to jump into something else. But unfortunately, there's a lot of people who just have this, they only have that one option. And that one option keeps them stuck in that bad place. And so I'm always teaching people about creating leverage for yourself. Because there, there may be a time and point when you are overwhelmed or you're burnt out and it's time for you to jump into something else. Right. So like you, you already had something else going. So that's leverage. Now you're like, okay, I don't have to just solely focus, rely on this one thing. Now I can move over to something else that I actually enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's going to be really important for people is figuring out those outside passions, start monetizing those outside passions. Um, and so when that time does come, you can move over. And that'll help you escape that, that space. And I've talked to a lot of people. I've had friends of mine who are in a job that they hate and they complain about it all the time, but they don't do anything about it. And so for somebody like that, is that when you would coach them to find something else? Like what would be your approach with someone like that? Yeah. So someone like that, it's really the first thing when I'm coaching them is self-discovery, self-awareness, self-reflection, like let's get deep. And it's a mindset. Like a lot of people feel like they only, that's the only option they have. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, they make themselves stay there and they feel miserable. And so like, no, what is it that brings you joy? What makes you happy? Did you know you can actually make money doing what you enjoy? No, I didn't know that. Yes, you can. It's amazing when you open people's eyes and shift their mind. And people started to look around like every single thing that is in your house, someone created and make money from it. From straws to the flooring to the walls. They had painters come in and paint that. They made money. Every single skill that you have, you can use that to create, like to get out of that fame. And I just think it's a lot. People face a lot of fears. Yeah, The fears of the unknown, the fears of the what if. And I tell people, because we think big, we try to think, okay, if I was to leave my corporate job, if I did something else, I got to leave right away. No, make a transition plan. 
I've helped a lot of people make transition plans. Like, let's do a little bit to the point where that little bit equals up to enough to replace your salary. Mm-hmm. So when you feel good and you replace your salary, now you'd be like, bye, <laughs> bye-bye. I feel like I'm gone. It was nice. <laughs> There's a lot of talk in the news, I'm sure you heard about it lately, called quiet quitting. Yeah. It's not really a thing. It seems like something that's been around. They just finally put a name on it, right? Yeah. You know what? I believe it is a thing. I feel like I've kind of done that a few times. Like you say, it has been around. You do. You get to a point where you just, like I said, you just start showing up. But it's a sign of burnout. Like you just start showing up. People no longer feel valued. They don't feel appreciated. They have toxic work environment. And so you just go to work, do what you need to do, and go home. But that drive and motivation you used to have is no longer there. So you're just like, whatever. Maybe one day they'll fire me. <laughs> yeah, you hope for that. Right. <laughs> Just like it's terrible. It's a terrible place to be. And you you mainly coach entrepreneurs, right? Yes. So, but is the burnout and everything you just talked about, is it different when you work for a company or for someone else than when you work for yourself? And how does how is it different? You know what? The big difference is when you work for yourself, you ultimately are in control. Versus working for someone else. Someone else, it's it's very difficult because you you have to follow their rules. You have to abide by their guidelines. You have to get up the same time. And it's always this ongoing where someone is dictating to you on how you're supposed to behave. Um, whereas when you have your own business, it's your own term. So if I'm working with a business owner who's overwhelmed, my first thing is like, okay, let's look at everything that's going on. Okay, I noticed that you're putting in a lot of hours for this project. We may need to reassess mm-hmm. moving forward what your projects need to look like. And so there's a lot more control mm-hmm. in that space. Um, and even though I work with entrepreneurs, there's a lot of newer people, like you say, the ones that are exiting corporate. Um, I do work with them as well. Who's like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to figure this out and what this could look like for me being an entrepreneur. Um, and so I help them also make the transition. Yeah. And it almost sounds like when you talk about people getting burned out and staying, you know, because they feel like they have no choice, it sounds like you're talking about a relationship, really. You know, sometimes we stay in these these bad relationships or relationships that are not no longer nurturing us, but it's getting the momentum to get away from that. Like in copywriting, we call that the switch. That's when you switch from what you're doing that's no longer working to something better, but it's, it seems like, oh, it would be a logical choice. Like for me, it's like I was burned out from people treating me like a psychologist more than a personal trainer. And I just, I just had it. And I can remember this one specific client I had that was just really, really difficult. And I just said, I'm just getting your money back because I'm out of the business. She's like, what? <laughs> is it like that? It sounds like, it, and how, do, why is it so hard sometimes to make that switch? You know what? Like you say, it is, it is relationship-based. I can use me, for example, like anytime I wanted to leave somewhere, it was very difficult because of my team, my, my team members or my employees, my direct report, like I felt obligated to be there for them. And so sometimes it's difficult because you know, those people depend on you. You know that you being there, you're protecting them. Um, and so sometimes that could be a part of it. And then others, it's like, they just, they've committed themselves to it. Like you said, it's like a relationship sometimes. Sometimes people stay in bad relationships. Like it's not a healthy relationship. It's toxic, but they stay. 
They yeah. stay and maybe they stay with hope that they're getting better. And a lot of people, and that's where a lot of people live in that space of staying with hopes of it getting better. And unfortunately, a lot of times it doesn't get better. Sometimes it does, but a lot of times it doesn't. Yeah. And the thing too is my husband works as a recruiter and a lot of times he'll, he will send out a job offer. And when that person tells their boss and you know, say that the candidate accepts the offer and then they go to their boss and the boss says, well, we'll give you more money. And sometimes they stay. Now, what are your feelings about that? Because it's not really, to me, it's like, it's not just about the money at that point. And they, they don't say that it's about the money, but mm-hmm. so what's the, your thoughts on, on something like that? My thoughts on that is when you decide to leave, leave. Mm-hmm. And the reason being is because there's a, there's more factors to your reason for leaving. And then if they didn't notice your value before and they're waiting for you to leave, then that's not the place you need to be. And I know it's hard for some people to realize that because when they're ready to go, I mean, when they leave and they feel comfortable in that space, so they're like, oh, yeah, they're going to give me more money. I'm going to stay. But there were other reasons that made you want to leave. And so even if you decide to accept the money, you're probably going to leave within the next six months to a year anyway. Yeah. So why not make that leap? And start new and fresh in that new space that you're going to. Yeah. So yeah, for me, it's like if you de- when that decision is made, stick to it. Mm-hmm. Don't use it as a bluff. Yeah. No, when you make that decision, it's time for you to spread your wings and fly. Yeah, that makes total sense. And you said earlier about I forget the word you used, but it was about simplifying. I think it was about simplifying. Can you get into what you meant by what is it that you're, you should simplify if you feel overwhelmed and how do you do it? Yeah. So one thing, so for me, I have always been the high achiever. I would work long hours. I would be trying to do like 30 things. Mm-hmm. And I realized like when I transitioned to entrepreneurship, I started to do a lot of self-reflection, self-discovery. And I realized a lot of my overwhelms you know, from me, I allowed myself to get burnt out. And it was because I was trying to do too much. And so I'm very big on teaching people to embrace simplicity. And so embracing simplicity is meaning like find your area of focus and get it like focused on that. Other things you may have to delegate, you may have to outsource, but also just making sure that everything that you do is simple from a simple business model to making sure that rather than having 30 services, maybe have like two, one or two. That scares people. But at the same time, if you're known for that one amazing thing, people will come to you for that one amazing thing. Sometimes people try to overcompensate by adding a million services to make more people come to them. And trust me, I know when I started, I had like 30 services and every person that came to me, I was making like custom proposals. And it was extremely overwhelming. And so with time, I learned like, no, the importance is doing one thing and doing it so well that anyone who wants to work with you know, like, hey, I'm going to go to volunteer for business strategy. I'm someone who approaches business in a way that's simple, that aligns with who I am and make sure that I'm getting fulfillment out of what I'm doing, along with making the income that I want to make. So it's really just keeping it simple. Don't overcomplicate it. Everyone does it. Yeah. And I tell people, I want you to think big, but now break that big down into small, attainable steps. Mm -hmm. It's like having a niche within a niche. Because I know 
I had an online fitness business for a few years and I had all different offerings and I made more money when I just had a couple and I just honed in. I think I ended up with three. And even with my copywriting, I'm working with a copywriting coach right now and he's had me really whittle down my offerings. So my specialty now is a strategy roadmap because it's what I love and it's what I am best at. But it's hard to not want to do all of it. But I think too, you dilute your audience that way, right? Because the people who are uh, who are coming to you, they're all different. They want different things. So it would be harder, I would think, to market yourself as well, right? In yeah. that way. Yes. And you know what? I'll be honest with you. When I first started, when, when I would hear people talk about niche down, niche down, I was like, no, like, that's crazy. Why? Why would I do that? And it wasn't about the money thing for me. It was like, no, I would get bored if I'm right. only working with one type of person. But with time, I am realizing the importance of niching down. And it's because your messaging from a marketing standpoint becomes a whole lot easier. You know, what people to target. It really just simplifies your approach in every way. And so one, there was one example. I was on a, a boot camp for a masterclass and someone said it perfectly. They was like, you know what? I was looking for a health coach who could work with women that are 40 years old and this, that, and the other. And she said, literally, I started looking for somebody and the person blind said, I'm a health and nutrition coach that work with women that's 40 years, 40 plus years and older. And she was like, I hired her instantly. And so her hiring her instantly was because she, that person specialized in what she needed. And that's the thing that a lot of our business owners, it's like specialized in what your ideal community needs and they're going to come to you. And I think there's, we, we tend to think we're limiting ourselves, but actually it's the opposite. Because like you said, that, that person now just zeroed in on exactly the person. And I remember when I was doing personal training, I had a client who needed shoulder surgery. She went to a woman doctor in New York City. This is when I was living in Connecticut, who only worked on shoulders and only worked on women's shoulders. And she was booked like crazy. And you would think, why would, you know, that seems so limiting, but it was, I mean, this was her specialty. And if you had a shoulder problem, you needed shoulder surgery, that was your first choice, you know, this woman. So I would think it, it's a, it's about getting yourself out there as that expert too, right? I mean, it's marketing yourself for that thing and, and making sure that that's everything should revolve around it, at least a couple of those, those yeah. targets, right? Yeah. And you can start small and grow from there. I did it the complete opposite. Like I was like, oh, I'm going to kind of be general. Um, and I am still at the point of niching down. So every few months I'm like questioning, okay, how can you niche down even further? But it's because when you start big, like they say, you're talking to no one. So it's nice to kind of start small, choose your specific audience, and then being able to build from there. And the thing too is like, it's okay to change. It's okay if for six months you work with a certain group of people and you realize like, okay, this is not it. This is not the group of people I want to work with. It's okay to change. That's the part of being a business owner is experimenting and testing what works and what doesn't work and being okay with changing over time. And I tell people, I've literally just kind of created a quote that says, evolving means you're becoming the master of your craft. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, people outside of that who come to you and say they need coaching on something that's not your specialty. I mean, if it's of interest to you, I mean, you would work with them, right? I mean, it doesn't mean you're 
only working with, okay, you don't fit this exact profile, if it's something that you think you could help them with. Right. Yeah, because there's people that are coming all the time and like, hey, I know you do this, but are you open to do this? And you have the, the option to decide, yes, I will, or no, you know, I don't think that aligns with what I'm interested in doing, but you will still attract other people. So that's the, I think it's a fear that was that you won't. And then, you know, you're stuck with, well, what if no one, you know, hires me? So what can someone do to create consistent success? Are there some keys or tips that you could give? Yeah. So the biggest thing for people, you hear people talk about all the time, the system. So from an operations side of your business, it's all about creating systems and consistently following them. So to me, I consider that sustainable business success. It's like, you know that with these systems that you put in place, you're going to get a certain amount of leads every week. You're going to be able to close a certain amount of deals every week. Like, you know, when you put the right systems in place that you should expect these things to happen. Will there be some fluctuation? Yes, of course. But with time, it just starts to run like a well-oiled machine. Mm -hmm. And so if you want all of those pieces to come together, um, and that's why for me, I focus heavily on strategy because let's strategize and look at all the areas in your business so that when you want to, and then we can identify how we can grow to get you to where you want to be. And that includes systems and operations and looking at your finances and how your, how your business model is structured. Because if you're only working on projects whenever they're available, then your revenue won't be consistent. So there's just a lot of things that have to be put in place to help you create that consistent success. Mm-hmm. And I think what you said that resonated with me is to not, because I know with, as a freelancer, there's like feast or famine. And the way to, to make sure that doesn't happen is to always have like a pipeline of people to always be marketing because a lot of freelancers will take, they'll just work, work, and then, okay, the calendar's empty and now what? Now you have to start over. But if you keep it going and you keep that marketing out there, you'll never have to run into that. So is there any last points that you wanted to, to bring up about, you know, your work, what you do, or how even will help can people find you? Yeah. So for me, my company is Savvy Method. So people can find me at my website. So it's savvy-method.com. So it's S-A-V-V-Y-Method.com. And if anyone is interested in booking a discovery call or anything like that, they can go on there, fill out a quick contact form, and we'll be able to meet and talk about their business. And I love doing business audits too. So um, within those 30 minutes, I like people to walk away with some type of solution for their business, hoping to help them get past a point where they're stuck. That sounds great. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. It's been great. Yes, thank you for having me. Okay, so that wraps up today's episode. I hope you found it valuable. And if you did and you enjoyed it, please be sure to share it with friends and business associates who may find it of interest as well. Thanks so much for listening and be sure to follow me on LinkedIn or you can reach out to me through my website at thecopyworks.com and we'll talk to you soon.